You are listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect. Well, praise the Lord. You know, this is Pentecost Sunday. Amen? So guess what we're going to be talking about? Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we ask that you will make your word real to our hearts today. Give us revelation, Lord, directly from your Holy Spirit into our spirits. And we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Pentecost Sunday originally... It was an annual festival of weeks that the Jews celebrated. It was seven weeks from the end of the Passover, and it was on the 50th day, and it got transliterated down through the ages and through the Greek to 50 means, uh, Pentecost means 50, or 50 means Pentecost. So, um, so that's where the, the word Pentecost came from. So when, when the Bible says when the day of Pentecost had fully come, it was talking about this feast that uh, was going on and uh, leading up to seven-day seven weeks of, of, of uh, this, and then leading up to the 50th day, which was Pentecost. So on the day of Pentecost, it was a twofold uh, thing to celebrate God giving the law to Moses and uh, the giving of their offerings of first fruits. People came from many countries to be in Jerusalem on that day. This was significant for the Christian church, for this day was exactly seven weeks from the resurrection of Jesus Christ to the day that the Holy Spirit was poured out on the 50th day. On that day, the Holy Spirit, which Jesus referred to as the Comforter, descended upon the disciples in the form of wind, tongues of fire, and speaking in tongues. Many believers consider this to be the birth of the Christian church. And let's read it from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 21. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. That's very important. One accord in one place. That speaks of unity. They were together. Amen? They were all there for the same purpose, waiting for the promise of the Father that Jesus said would take place. 
And they would be endued with power before they would go out into the world to spread the gospel. Verse 3, or verse 2. And suddenly there was sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them divided tongues as of fire, one set up on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men, from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Then there were, they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look! Are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each one in our own language in which we were born? We hear them speaking in our own tongues, the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, Whatever could this mean? Others mockingly said, They are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, seeing it is the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams, and on my men servants and on my maid servants I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above, signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire, vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The events which followed this amazing outpouring of the Holy Spirit is powerful. And you'll realize that this last portion here, the person that is speaking this is none other than Peter who didn't have the courage to stand up to a servant girl and admit that he was a friend of Jesus during the crucifixion, before the crucifixion. There has been a change that took place in his life. And I want to suggest to you that when you and I are filled with the Holy Spirit, there is a change that comes in too. Also, too, if you're from Newfoundland. But you know, God desires that we be filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus stressed, don't leave Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. And now here is Peter with that change taking place. Now definitely there is a change that takes place. When you ask Christ into your life, we can all attest to that as well. 
Amen? The Bible says any man be in Christ is a new creation. All things are passed away. And all things are come new. But man, there's something more. There's something more for the child of God than just having your sins washed away. And going to heaven, as I said before, it's not just fire insurance. We're not just escaping the, the fires of hell by accepting Jesus Christ as our Savior. We're signing on to be servants of God, be soldiers of the cross. Jesus said, you shall receive power. And man, did they ever receive power. They were radically changed people. But God will empower willing hearts. Human, first of all, there is a serious lack of the demonstration of Holy Spirit power in the church today. Would you agree? Am I the only one that thinks that? Manpower is not Holy Ghost power. God has blessed us human beings with a lot of wonderful abilities. But manpower is not Holy Ghost power. Human ability in itself is not Holy Ghost power. Am I right? But God will empower willing hearts and demonstrate his power through us. Now with all of the anointing that the Holy Spirit can place upon me, I can get up here this morning and do a country-style gospel worship service. And it's not going to sound like Ernie. God blesses talent. God blesses you when you put effort into learning musical instruments and how to play them and not just be able to play a tune on them, but to do it well with excellence. God blesses that. God blesses when you are willing to go further with your computer than word processing. You can use your talents like God uses them for the IT ministry of this church. We look at all of the things that happen at Cole Lake Community Church, and somehow, sometimes I think we just think it just happens. We don't realize the abilities and the talents that have gone into that and the dedication that people have made to the Lord to use what God has given them for his service. And there's anointing, there's an anointing in doing the custodial work of this church. Just as there's an anointing in the worship, leading the worship, there's anointing in playing those instruments, there's an anointing in preaching the gospel. Everything with God intends to have his people empowered in order to do it. 
And he will empower willing hearts. This power was supernatural and spiritual in nature, dynamically affecting the physical lives of believers to a point where greatly, they were greatly increased in ability, courage, wisdom, knowledge, love, and compassion. Folks, God's got the whole gamut covered. Everything you need to be a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ has been given to you by the power of the Holy Spirit. This power came complete with a prayer language and spiritual gifts. It made them unstoppable in spreading the gospel to their generation. This same power is getting the same results today all over the world. I said, this same power that we read about here is getting the same results today all over the world. So why aren't we not seeing it here? Oh, we thank God for every blessing. We thank God for everything that he's doing, for every time there's a healing reported, for every time that there is a financial miracle reported, for every time that there's a marriage that was on the rocks restored to health. But folks, that's just a trickle of what God wants to do. The 120, including Peter, were common folks who were changed by the power of the gospel, baptized in the Holy Spirit with power to make a difference in this world. And if you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit, you've been baptized with power to make a difference in this world. You've been empowered to make a difference in Cole Lake, in the Lakeland area, and to affect lives in Africa, in Sri Lanka, in China, all over the world. When you give to missions, you're helping to spread the gospel beyond your borders. Baptism, this is my first point, baptism without power is not biblical. Holy Spirit baptism without power is not biblical. I'm going to say it again. Holy Spirit baptism without power is not biblical. I'm not talking about water baptism. I'm talking about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the same kind of a baptism that Peter and James and John and the 120 in the upper room received. Power without, a baptism without power is not what Jesus promised. Acts 1 verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Witnesses for me wherever you go. Okay? 
If your Pentecostal experience is not current, then it has no value. Praise the Lord. Forty years ago, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I was speaking in tongues for days. What are you doing now? And by the way, I'll save this for a little later. Don't want to get off on a rabbit trail here. The question is not, were you filled? But are you filled? The Bible talks about keeping on being filled. A Pentecostal church is Pentecostal in name only if we're not being an effective witness in the community. We were baptized in the Holy Spirit to be witnesses. We can change that by changing our attitude towards ministry, can't we? Do we believe in the priesthood of believers? Some of you who don't know what that means, that means that every believer is a priest, is a minister. The fact that I'm getting paid for what I do and you're not doesn't negate the fact that you are a priest. It is necessary to have a certain amount of paid staff in a church. We know that. We understand that. But we're all ministers of the gospel, witnesses for Jesus Christ. I want you to note this. Tongues is not power. For a long time in Pentecostal circles, we treated it that way. Whether we thought it or not, I don't know. But tongues is not power. And if we only use tongues in worship and praise in a public meeting and never in prayer, in our private prayer, we are abusing the gift of tongues. The Holy Spirit brings renewal and refreshing and revival in our lives. And if that's lacking, we have to ask, am I really filled? Have I leaked out? Have I dried up? Am I in a dry and thirsty land where there is no spiritual water? When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you have a burden and a compassion for the lost and a desire to live right, a righteous life. Doesn't mean, that, doesn't mean that you're walking on water, spiritually speaking. Doesn't mean that you have arrived, but you're on your way. If you have lost this, then we need to repent. Ask God for a fresh infilling, a renewal, revival, whatever you want to call it, a renewed passion and a burden for the lost. And really, if you're serious about it, you realize that you're not in the place where you should be, then I would suggest it would be a good idea to fast and pray until you're truly endued 
with power from on high. How will I know? I'll know when I start being concerned about my neighbors, about the people around me. I'll be recognizing opportunities to share my faith. So use what God has given you to draw you close to God. To have a mind of Christ, the very heartbeat of God. You know you can have that? To help us to pray for the lost and pray for the harvest. To help us to work for the Lord. So that we can win others to Christ. If you haven't received this precious gift, all you need to do is ask. All of the promises, all of God's blessings are there for the asking. Get one thing straight. Get one thing down in your heart. You will not have if you do not ask. Luke chapter 11, 13, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? You and I, we love our children. It doesn't matter if they're 10 or 60. When they are in trouble, when they have a need, if they call me up and say, Dad, I've got a need. If I've got it within my power to do it, I'm going to do it for them. Even if it hurts me to do it, even if it costs a sacrifice on my part, I'm going to help that child. And Jesus said, if you will do that for your children, how much more will your Father in heaven, who has a greater capacity than you and I could ever have, will give the Holy Spirit? And in another place it says good things. To those who ask him. This brings us to the second point. Why do people not receive the baptism when they ask? We must have a deep desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's first of all. It's not just a, okay, if you want to fill me, fill me. No. It's got to be a deep desire. Lord, I want to be more effective for you. Lord, I can't do this. I, I really need a, 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 something that's beyond me. I need a holy boldness to be able to speak for you. Here are some scriptural examples of, from David's spiritual experience. This is what a deep desire looks like. Listen to this. In Psalm 63, verse 1. David says, oh God, you are my God. Early I will seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. In a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. That's a longing desire after God. 
Can you imagine anything much worse than thirst and hunger? How good it is if you're thirsty to get a nice glass of cool water. And if you're thirsty enough, a glass of warm water will be just as good. How good it is when you're beginning to feel hungry. You've probably already had your breakfast, but we're not starving, we're just hungry. How good it is to sit down to a good meal. David is expressing the desire of his heart. He connects it with hunger and thirst. In Psalm 107 verse 9 he says, For he satisfies the longing soul, and he fills the hungry soul with goodness. It is clear that Jesus wants believers to act upon that kind of a desire. In John chapter 7, verse 37, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. Do you have a spiritual thirst today? Do you feel dry spiritually? Are you in a place where when we sing those beautiful songs of worship in the morning that it doesn't stir you? Where your attitude is, let's get on with it. Oh, no. Now they're just They've sang the song, and now they're just wasting time talking to God. That doesn't stir your heart. You're in a dry and thirsty land where there's no water. You need to take a spiritual drink from God's well. So that you can be filled up and enjoy what God has for you. We must live in obedience. That's the next thing. Not only desire, but obedience to God's word. In Acts chapter 5, 32, we are his witnesses to these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit who God has given to those who obey him. Not those who disobey him, those who obey him, that's who God gives the Holy Spirit to. If you're not clear as to what it means to obey God's word, let me give you what Paul says. Paul gives an excellent explanation in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 to 31. And I want you to realize that this is written to Christians. It's not written to the outsider. It's not written to people who do not believe in God. It's people who believe in God. And Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17 to 31, taken from the New Living Translation. And it says this, verse 17. With the Lord's authority, I say this. 
Live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life of God that God gives because they are, have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. Verse 20. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have and learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupt by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Isn't it beautiful that God is not condemning us when we're going astray? But he's saying, make an effort to do the right thing. Stop telling lies, verse 25. Let us tell our neighbor the truth, for we are all part of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for angry anger gives a foothold to the devil. A lot of wisdom here, isn't it? Anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul language or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own. Did you hear that? He has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. So, verse 31, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. So guys, if this describes us in any way, the bottom line is, don't stay there. Don't stay in that rut. Get out of it. And that's what this, this altar is for. That's why we make it available to everyone and really at any time during the service. We're not too much stuck on form around here. But when a person feels their need of the Lord Jesus Christ, we're willing to pray with you at any time. 
In fact, even while I'm preaching, you could come up and kneel down here. One of the prayer team would come and kneel with you, and you'd pray through, and you, God would meet you right there. Thirdly, the necessity for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Acts 19, verses 1 to 12. Paul's first question and I'm not going to read that to save time, but his first question was, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And so this question implies that it is possible to be a disciple of Jesus Christ and not have been filled with the Holy Spirit. That sort of shoots down the idea that you get the baptism of the Holy Spirit when you Ask Jesus Christ into your heart. The Holy Spirit comes to enter your heart at that time. But that's not the baptism. Salvation and spirit baptism are separate experiences. The question also implies that it is a priority for a Christian to be filled with the Spirit. The Bible is clear. If you have received Jesus as your Savior then you need to be filled with the Spirit. The early church made it a priority, and we should also. Remember, desire and obedience are key to receiving. Have you ever wondered why Paul was so concerned that these 12 men in Ephesus needed to be filled with the Spirit? Because of God's purpose in giving the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus made this top priority in Acts chapter 1, verses 4, verses 5, and verses 8. He said that the disciples should not go anywhere until they received the Holy Spirit, because they needed power. To witness. Now, this power includes authority and ability. But don't ever belittle it by just regulating it to that. Because the power, the word that is used here for power, the Greek word is dudamus which comes from the word dynamite. It is awesome, supernatural power that God has given the church to fulfill his work. The purpose of the gift of the Spirit was not for personal benefit and blessing. Every time that God blesses me, it is so that I can be a blessing to others. It is pass it on, brother. Pass it on, sister. Don't hold it to yourself. It was to empower them to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news. God has a great plan and a purpose for your life and for mine. 
And I don't care if you're 8 or 80, 9 or 90, 10 or 100. If you're still alive, God's got a reason for you to be alive. He wants you to be a powerful witness for him, so you must be filled with the Spirit. Learn to walk in the power of the Spirit every day of your life. And you will find that prayer and the Word will play a large, a very large part in that. When these 12 men in Ephesus were filled with the Holy Spirit, the Bible says they began to speak in tongues and prophesy under the influence of the Spirit as well. These 12 men filled with the Holy Spirit assisted in spreading the gospel throughout Asia. Paul was following the plan that Christ himself gave the church. Be filled with the Spirit and be a witness. The plan has not changed. It's God's plan for Colmake Community Church and the Lakeland area. And he expects you and I to be a part of that plan. So in conclusion this morning, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Do you want the enabling power of the Holy Spirit to assist you in your prayer life, to assist you in witnessing for Jesus, in sharing your faith, to help you in your daily walk, to overcome habits and addictions in your life? Just give God full control of your life, unconditional surrender, to his will. Remember, God wants your availability, not your ability. It's great if you've got some abilities. That's awesome. But if you take the attitude, well, I can't do nothing for the Lord because I don't know how to do anything. Anything connected with church, I just don't have a clue. Doesn't make any difference. A man or woman who gives his heart to Jesus Christ today and is faithful to him and offers themselves 100% to him can accomplish more than the rest of us that have been saved for years. His power will make you able. This is why he baptizes people with the Holy Spirit. Do you realize most of the disciples were fishermen? They were just common folks. They weren't educated. They weren't even educated in Scripture. They weren't the best of the best. But they were available. And that's all God requires from you. You could be illiterate right now as far as biblical knowledge is concerned. But if you give your heart to Christ today, you turn your life over to him. You say, Lord, I just want to serve you with all of my heart. I want to know all there is to know about you and about your word, about winning souls. Guess what? 
Holy Spirit will empower you to be a powerhouse for him. And it, be, it remains to be seen what can be accomplished by one man or one woman who gives themselves totally to the Lord Jesus Christ. One of the biggest problems we have in our churches is that people get born again and they come into our churches and they look around after a while, they're excited about God, they want to do something for God, and then all of a sudden, they look around. Hey, no one else is doing anything. Just look, all of these people, we're just coming in here, we're doing the same thing Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, nothing is being accomplished. If we get an addition to the church as someone who got tired of another church and they've come in to see if this church is any better. It don't take them long to find out, no, it's no better. In fact, it might be a little worse than some of them. And so discouragement sets in. And they think, maybe I'm a bit out of line. No, they're not. We're the ones that are out of line. We're the ones that have been slacking off and slacking off. And if we're not careful, one day, on a good Sunday, there'll be much less in this building than is right now. Because the word of God is still true. It's not by might and it's not by power, but it is by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. We can have the best of everything. And we pretty much got it here at Cold Lake Community Church. But without the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit, we've got nothing more. And I'll let you fill in the blank. Just give full control of your life. Unconditional surrender to Jesus. His power will make you what you ought to be. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Question is, am I available? Am I doing everything I can? And I've asked myself that question many times. And the answer has always been the same for me. No, I'm not. For me, I have to confess, I've been doing enough to get along. I could be doing more. God help us. Pentecost then and now has not changed, folks. We just need to make some changes ourselves. I'm ready. Are you? I'm ready to make the changes.
the song we used to sing way back. Did you get it? You got it. Have you? You're ready for it. Okay. I'll just give it. I wasn't sure if Ernie had it or not. Okay. It goes like this. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Break me. Melt me. Mold me. Fill me. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Do you want to know what the future of Coal Lake Community Church could be? Those of us that are in this room today, just us, we're to sing that and say that to the Lord and make that a prayer from our heart. God would do such a work in our community. It would change the whole face of Coal Lake and the Lakeland area. And it would spread way, way beyond that. That's what God is looking for. Why don't you just stand with us and as our worship team leads us, search our hearts. Maybe you'd like to just step out this morning and say, Lord, I really mean business with you. I know there's got to be some changes in my life. And all I can promise you today is that I'm available. I don't know how it's going to be done. I don't even know where to start. But let me suggest to you, this would be a good place to start this morning. We're going to be hitting out after the service, but I would be glad not to get away before 3 or 4 o'clock. I want to see God moving up on our hearts more than I want anything in my life. And I know, I know, it's just a decision away for every one of us as individuals, and as a church. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you this morning? Would you answer him in the positive? Guys, take it away. You have been listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching from Cold Lake Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect.